0: Yeah, so I thought um, we could start by talking about this phrase that you had in, that was in the um, press release for the show, at David Dale, which was Mm. this phrase, the flatness of possibility. Yeah. Which I kind of really liked, and I thought we could start there because I think that's quite a good way of bringing in the sort of flattening of context that also happens within your paintings that seems to sort of lie right at the heart of of what they're about?
1: Yeah, well, I guess um, for me, this sort of flatness of possibility is something that really kind of came to me when I approach uh, images and painting and just like life in general in the context of uh, the internet, mostly. Um, because I guess that is sort of the main way that we all um, in, engage with art often and engage with like each other and basically everything. And uh, in in the internet, like these things are sort of dictated by algorithms and just sort of placed one after another in these uh, kind of strange sequences sometimes. And when I, when I think about that, and then I think about the history of painting and how sometimes you'll come across um, canonical images or images from art history in that context, too, it kind of, it kind of levels the playing field and creates this, like, lack of hierarchy uh, in images and in, yeah, in images in general. So, when I, like, approach painting, I kind of want to mirror that, that uh, non-hierarchical, yeah, non-hierarchical way that images are structured in the world around us. So, that sort of feels like there is a flatness, of possibility. You've got sort of this breadth of things in front of you. And how are you going to sort of pick and choose from them and, and like put different things together, sort of like letters in an alphabet, you know? You can mm-hmm. sort of, you have this, this language that you can use and mix and match in different ways. And they kind of take on different like semiotic meanings, you know, like all the um, images changing within different contexts. Just this like huge flatness of possibility with which you can engage with everything.
0: Yeah, I guess actually one of the things that I didn't I once I thought of it, I couldn't really get out of my head when I was reading reading about your work and then looking at it was have you seen these um there are quite a lot of memes on the internet that use classical painting?
1: Yeah, totally. As,
0: and and it just instantly made me think of that as that same kind of flattening of something um, very traditional or art historical into a sort of um, super contemporary vernacular, which for sure, yeah. I think your painting yeah, lot was of, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a good way to put it. I mean, a lot of those memes sort of use like really dramatic facial expressions in paintings or different things like that and and like reappropriate them for like really silly, uh, kind of trivial um, emotions or problems that we deal with in contemporary life. And that, I guess that kind of does, though I don't really want to like compare my entire practice to memes, but uh, it does kind of like boil down to a similar, uh, similar trope, I guess.
0: But I guess, I guess you're painting sort of a, a, rather than being like the same as that, and maybe kind of referencing more the conditions which allow things like that to sort of arise
1: exactly yeah for sure
0: okay well i maybe you can just give me a kind of quick introduction into where this where this kind of interest like can we dive into the the kind of pairing of painting as a practice with this interest in the way in which the internet functions
1: yeah well um i guess uh, start at the beginning. I my sort of formative years um, as a paint, as an artist, I spent studying at an actually really traditional painting academy in my hometown of Toronto. Uh, so I um, studied in this like long lineage of and um, uh, Barg, and all all of these these uh, old masters, and uh, and I did that and then I went to normal art school. And I also studied animation early on. And these things kind of, although I see them as really separate from my current practice, they definitely inform what I do. And I think they just maybe, like my traditional studies of painting created this sort of strong link between um, the history of painting, uh, the mythology of the painter, and, and contemporary painting. I feel like it's something that we really need to address, especially as a representational painter. Um, you are really linked to uh, its history and um, there's so much baggage that comes along with uh, with painting and representational painting in general that it kind of maybe started as like me trying to reconcile these things, uh, like the solemnity of, of, uh, of canonical painting and figurative painting and representational painting and trying to Um, sometimes poke fun at it and and not take it too seriously and uh, like understand this kind of strange mythology of uh, the painter. And so I sort of started comparing these these types of images with um, clip art, uh, like clip art of blue collar painters and drawing uh, connections between, uh, yeah, just different forms of like of art as labor and the place of the artist sort of within that context. Then I started just pulling in a lot of other references because um, as I've said, these things, I sort of use them as letters in an alphabet, like uh, um, using the symbols from the canon, the clip art, like then temporary tattoos. And then it just kind of became things from everywhere to uh, place both painting within that context, historical painting and contemporary painting, and also just, all niches of um, art making and like image making and cultural production uh sort of within that and so it kind of just like crept into this this uh i guess everything that i've been doing in the last few years and i've sort of uh created like a language for myself um so whenever i'm i'm making new works i can kind of pull from all these different places and um Play with all these different tropes I've been using. So that goes for um, sort of the types of imagery that I pick sometimes, and uh, the materials that I use, which I which are really important to my practice. So things like um, like canvas and linen. I use a lot of hand dyed linens, uh, and also um, like traditional oil grounds and oil paint, of course, and then um, ceramics too. Which uh, yeah, we can get into that as well and then the temporary tattoos so I have this kind of like yeah whole breadth of things that I'm I'm pulling from and to sort of create this I guess like little world Mm. in my studio
0: yeah I guess wow there's like quite a lot we could get into from that um for, for me the the thing to do with pulling um Pulling sort of things from a kind of craft or like low art or labour-based art um, world and things from a high art world is yeah is something that features really strongly. But I which I think we should talk about. But I just wanted to sort of quickly touch upon Mm -hmm. something you you said right at the start about how um your experience at a kind of more traditional art school and Mm -hmm. your experience with being kind of like slightly mired in um the the heaviness of art history and what you're inheriting and yeah are, are you do you sort of find that um pain that being an artist in a kind in a contemporary context where we're sort of connected to everything in this way is quite a good that flatness of possibility can actually be quite liberating
1: yeah it can be i think if it's approached in 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 an interesting way or in a new way um because that was i guess a a real instigating factor for me to start pulling in all these other references because i felt like um just simply painting uh in reference to traditional styles, even if it is um, with like a a contemporary eye, um, yeah, it it can really bog you down. Like it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like there's really any point to doing that. It feels really futile. Um, And it also feels like you're not addressing uh, any of the actual issues that um, any contemporary artist really should be. Because for me, it's really important that the work feels like it's made in the time that it is. And it, it addresses something that uh, is going on around us. And it's not just like hearkening back to the olden days, which were super oppressive and, um, you know, riddled with problems in, in their own way. So I, I do feel totally liberated in, in the work that I'm making and in, u- in using these references uh, and like, you know, in, in some ways critiquing them and in some ways celebrating them. Um, so in that sense, yeah. But it, it, I guess it, uh, it's all just about like your approach when when using these things.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess it's yeah, it's kind of something that's sort of symptomatic of our of our time, isn't it? Is that it? It's, mm-hmm. It exists for almost every, every artist that you're now able to kind of pull from time as well as space in a way you wouldn't like draw things from, for sure. from across time and sort of.
1: Yeah, and- I feel like. Um, the internet and this flatness of possibility that we keep referencing um, has is really also a flatness of time kind of. I mean we, uh, we can basically exist in any any time that we want to at this moment. you know you can like go back and uh, th- through the internet or through like just like weird uh, like cultural like groups and stuff like you can kind of experience mm-hmm. time from many different perspectives mm-hmm. um, And that's something that, I find really interesting. So for that reason, I like to address it in my work. Um, and also, uh, like I said, I think it's important to address these things because otherwise it feels kind of futile. Yeah. Like why yeah. would you even... Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I Yeah. I guess rather than a sort of present moment having like a sense of of being an identifiable present, it's sort of identifiable as a present by its kind of lack of time or lack of sense yes. of of a point in in time i mean
1: yeah that's you, a good way to put it you're
0: constantly sort of um inhabiting these spaces that don't really have any time like i mean where we are mm-hmm. now we're sort of mm-hmm. in an in intermediary space on the internet at both 12 in the afternoon and five in the evening
1: exactly yeah <laughs> that's totally true
0: but yeah m- maybe we can move on or I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit more about this, or like, do you feel like we should move on to talk about the?
1: I feel like if we we can move on, and we'll probably end up coming back to it because yeah, it is something right, that's fine. really central to the work. Um, and I feel like a lot of um, the other angles that you can like approach what I'm doing from will inevitably perhaps come back to this conversation.
0: Okay. Well, um, yeah. Let's maybe take it back to a more material place then. And yeah. I think yeah. I'd like to hear about the the significance of the materials you're choosing and the places they've yeah. been sort of drawn from.
1: For sure. So, um, I mean, some of them are sort of obvious. As a painter, or I'm uh-huh. using paint. I'm using oil paint, um, but I also use like really traditional oil grounds. So I have this whole kind of crazy technique of, of uh, for priming canvases. Um, so, th- and I also use. Um, all these, d- these hand-dyed linens, which uh, often occupy the negative space around the forms or figures that I'm, I'm painting. And uh, though, yeah, so those are left basically raw. Um, and for that reason, I'm sort of trying to really point to the materials um, and the artist's hand that go into making these things. Uh, that's why I often depict hands or artist materials like paintbrushes and palettes and all these sort of things and in a sort of self-referential way and I guess with a tinge of irony as well but um, yeah I I want to, to be sort of questioning the mythology of the painter and also celebrating and uh, you know making really direct reference to what goes into making paintings uh, yeah so that's one side of it. And then I also use uh, temporary tattoos quite frequently, um, which get actually like, like they're sort of like ready-mades. Like I take them and I just fully affix them to the canvas. Um, So in that way, it kind of like treats the the painted surface or the canvas like skin and adds temporal quality to it. Uh, And really is kind of like a direct reference to, the The things that I'm referencing in the work. So it's physically taking one of these objects and and uh, putting it onto the painting rather than doing a painted representation of um, a temporary tattoo or a, or a clip art or whatever. though sometimes I do that as well. so it's all it's sort of like a a, a mix of everything, a a jumble of of both the ready-mades and their uh, painted counterparts. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, uh, Lastly, the the ceramic elements to my work, uh, that really kind of started because I, I wanted to be making work that wasn't just painting, that was also sculptural, but I really, I'm such a painter, I really think in two dimensions. So it was sort of obvious for me to just start making frames, uh, but that really did kind of reassert these things as sculptural objects, because though painting, you know, we don't really uh, think of it as th- think of them as three dimensional objects. They fully are, and so I've made some works that are, um, uh, you know, sculptural elements propping up paintings, or like really taking that one step further. And also, the way that we that I work with ceramic, or that any ceramicist would work with ceramic, is has bears a lot of of uh, similarity to painting. It's very immediate. You just sort of use your thumb or your tool or whatever it may be to make a mark, and that mark is there uh and it, you know they're also painted or glazed and they sort of yeah they have they bear a lot of resemblance to painting so that was I guess another side of it
0: yeah I guess <clears throat> I guess what, well, um actually now well now you mention it one of the things that kind of was that I, I found really interesting in how those materials kind of interact with each other is it's not always for example there was the the painting of the painting i'm still saying it's a painting the painting of the bird <laughs> the bird on the just plain the t- yeah. canvas which is not mm-hmm. i thought you painted that until yeah, until that I, w- I went through the list of materials it's a tattoo right
1: that one's a tattoo yeah yeah that one's just a tattoo on the linen so yeah so it really does kind of cr- like question you start to question what is paint and what isn't paint and then what can be paint and mm-hmm. what can be painting um
0: and also i guess there's an element of um trickery in that as well
1: yeah i mean that is so much of painting too though like a lot of it is sort of sort of these this toolbox of tricks that we all have um Uh that you just employ in different ways on the canvas uh and so part of it is me calling attention to that and also um yeah i guess tricking the audience uh, into like what can, into what can be painting. Uh, also, uh, I mean the, the ceramic frames I consider like very much part of the piece. They're not at all separate. So, um, you're kind of dragging all these other materials into painting and sort of in in a way breaking down these boundaries a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I guess, I guess linking them closer to the, their sort of related kind of craft counterparts as well, or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. labor-based labor yeah. counterparts.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially with that, the piece in the show that has the actual ceramic paint brushes on the side with the little tubes of paint on top. Like these are, they're made out of ceramic, but they're very much in service of painting and the labor of painting. Uh, so that was sort of, I guess, maybe a bit of a didactic uh, display of these ideas.
0: Maybe we can talk a little bit more about the labor of painting because within mm-hmm. this sort of the style of the paintings you produce themselves, they they hide their labor quite well. Like they're very well mm-hmm. rent, they're very well rendered to the point at which you don't really question the labor that went into it. For sure, I mean. it yeah, kind of erases yeah. It's own, its own. Labor.
1: Yeah, I mean. You often don't see brushstrokes or, um, or particular layers, though these things, of course, exist within them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me also, it's also from the perspective of <coughs> uh, um, the labor of like all, all kinds of craft people and, and artists. So it's often why I incorporate the, um, uh, the clip art characters who depict sort of like blue collar house painters. Uh, it's sort of buying a connection between um all these different. I, I hate to use this term, but the sort of highbrow, lowbrow um, sort of uh, you know creators in in society, um, because we do really create these hierarchies. Like they're you know the 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 painters put on such a high cultural pedestal, while the you know house painter is you know at the bottom rung. Mm. But I feel like these things actually do have a lot of, like, bear are a lot of, you know, a, a day in the life of a painter versus a house painter are actually pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with, uh, you know, the, the way that tattoos function in art and the way that, you know, oil paint functions in art.
0: I would say as well, like um, the, I guess th- the gap between those things is there to sort of serve the mythology of the painter. But when, if you think about the kind of life that most of the artists, well, I don't know, maybe most of the artists, you know, live off their art practice and have a totally amazing time. But most of the artists <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, at, exactly. le- at least, uh, like I actually know several pain- painters or artists who actually uh, pay their rent through acting as, like, a painter-decorator. a
1: house, Yeah, yeah, for, for um, sure. Yeah, there's also... Um, I, I know I've done things like that, too, like, uh, um, yeah, using sort of, like, your skills as a painter to uh, serve in, like, a more, yeah, labor sense, like doing house painting or uh, sign painting, like, things like that. Um, but there... And, yeah, and, and we do create these really big cultural distinctions between the two. But I, I kind of want to... Um, break that down in a way. I mean, I don't want it to sound so like crazy and revolutionary, but uh, just, yeah, just like drawing connections between these things is is sort of what I'm interested in. And, uh, yeah.
0: I guess breaking down those, those mythologies is quite a a contemporary concern really, isn't it? Because that -hmm. that sort of artist mythology is really not, not super helpful when you're working, having to work in a bar yeah to, to pay your yeah. rent and, and exactly. because of that mythology you're sort of blocked from being kind of paid properly and all of these other things and and quickly the your life of labor sort of starts to become your or overtake or consume your your life of art mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm yeah
0: <sighs> you don't want to add anything to that mm.
1: no? Um,
0: you don't have to. Yeah, it,
1: I, I, no, I think you put it succinct, succinctly. Um, I mean, that's that's one way of of looking at it. I mean, I also uh, I feel like there are a lot of different ways that you can read into um, the pairing of these symbols together, and I I don't always um, feel that I want to sort of s- subscribe these uh, really specific meanings to. Um, Combining these things and a lot of the time it is just kind of like a proposal on my end uh, of like here are a bunch of things together and like what can you uh, pull from them so uh, you know, I really appreciate and uh, actually quite agree with what you what you the way that you've put it in terms of like uh, that particular part of the labor aspect um, but Yeah, I don't I don't feel that I want to um like draw out too much of a narrative in the work. If okay. you know
0: what I mean. Yeah, 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 no, I I guess I know what you mean. Um and I suppose I suppose sort of drawing any comparison between between labor also relates to a lot of other things besides the life of an artist or
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, um yeah, the whole labor aspect of it um, is something, because I, I actually like, I, um, I subscribe to sort of socialist politics and I do a lot of like uh, canvassing and like volunteering and like all kinds of stuff um, with labor. And I guess it sort of seep into my work, but I don't want to be um, too didactic about it. And I don't want to be like um, too like, politically preachy in my work. Uh, and I, I do kind of generally like to keep things in the realm of painting and like uh, and like image culture, I guess. Uh, so although these things are um, definitely legible, it's not um, it's not thats I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize them as being sort of like the be-all end all of of, um, yeah, of what I'm trying to like get at mm-hmm. with with pairing these things together.
0: Yeah, I guess if you're working within the realm of image culture as well, you you know, no, nothing is written out anyway, and things are sort of subjected to uh, reiterations and multiple sort of interpretations and kind of being continually sort of chewed up and spat out and then sucked back mm-hmm. and chewed up. And, yeah. And, and so I guess, yeah, there's always going to be ambiguity, and in a way it's better to just let that maybe it's best to let yeah, that happen yeah and
1: yeah and that's something i actually really appreciate in 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 art in general like i i don't really like when um i feel like there's one reading to something or there's like some specific way that work is you know uh yeah being being thrust forward by the, the artist like i i think of course everyone has their intentions of what they're trying to do but i really like that openness and I guess it kind of calls back to like the flatness of possibility like there's so much that can be taken um from pairings of different images and symbols and all kinds of things together uh that I don't want to be like too uh, strict about what they'll mean
0: mm-hmm. I guess this is the sort of general benefit of or uh strength of of art as a mm-hmm. whole really isn't it as a, as opposed to maybe like writing or spoken word which is inherently um, linear and, yes. and in that sense capable of expressing sort of multi-positional views but albeit oh, sure. still in that linear way whereas the interesting thing about art is that you can kind of layer things in the way that you do in your painting and kind of transcend that linearity a bit and create something that sort of contains its own contradiction.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, though one of the exciting things about um, creating a show, I guess, is that you do, I guess, have a smaller amount of um, agency uh, when you're deciding how people are gonna sort of traverse through the work. Um, so I guess it is, I guess, a, a real pu- push and pull between uh, you know, wanting to create a narrative and not wanting to be too didactic about anything. So, um, of course, like, in in the show at David Dale or any show really, um, the way that you that you curate things or the way that you, uh, like, organize the space for people to walk through is also, I think, really important to me. And I do spend a lot of time in my studio kind of just, like, rearranging things and putting different things next to one another, making different pairings. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's like, a, I guess, another way of looking at it.
0: I guess, yeah, it actually really made me think of, I was, I was at the Tate the other day, and mm-hmm. um, I've been there quite a few times, so I kind of know roughly what's there, and I don't necessarily find yeah. that art super interesting anyway. So I was sort of <laughs> looking at the, the way the whole thing was laid out, um, which is sort of distinct from maybe the way your show was laid out where it's the architecture of the building kind of is didactic in of itself and you kind of are expected Mm -hmm. to walk around in in a and I walked around the wrong way and it's sort of like it doesn't really work (laughs) you kind of end up getting stuck in dead ends and all of this all of this weird this weird stuff which just I thought was I don't know yeah
1: architecture can really uh dictate the way that um yeah that art is viewed and in the same way that it can really dictate how art is created I mean Having changed studios recently, or I guess you know, eight months ago or whatever, I uh, it really does influence the way that you make things and the way that you think about things. Kind of uh, gives you sort of fresh eyes, um, yeah, and new ways of thinking about things. Also, uh, anytime you do it, I do a show, I bring all these works out of my studio and into a brand new space, and it's like it's like looking at totally different work. It's it's a really exciting feeling. Um, and similarly with the, the pieces that I permanently installed in um, the courtyard garden area at the gallery, it was really, I, I made a lot of them there and uh, yeah, they, they were really uh, created, uh, I guess their creation was dictated by the space and the materials around me.
0: So I guess the, maybe the sort of the context or the possibility isn't entirely flat, After all, (laughs) or, or is Uh, it, I don't know. Um,
1: I mean, I guess that's, that's, uh, potentially true. I mean, also the anywhere that, I mean, although the internet is this sort of vast open thing, um, there are a lot of nooks and crannies that you can find yourself in, or even just using something like, um, Google, like Google images, like you're, you're not really open to everything on the internet. It's very, there's very much, um, a box with, uh, that you're like sort of looking into. So um, perhaps this whole flatness of possibility is really just an illusion, but uh, I guess you can never really know, right? You're sort of just sort of uh, confined by uh, where you find yourself. It's hard to sort of sometimes look past that.
0: I, I, yeah, I I guess I wonder if it really matters whether it's an illusion or not. For sure, I think to some extent it is an illusion, like all of these All of these things that exist on the internet eventually do kind of go to ground somewhere and Mm -hmm. and find themselves in a context despite, albeit through a process of kind of like recontextualization over and over again. But I think the, yeah, the sort of subscription to, to that illusion is wide enough that it may as well be true in some ways.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would matter either if we know that we're in an illusion or not. I mean, uh, if, if if it's uh, um, if, I mean, if you're I unaware, do, you know, uh, um, I guess to a certain degree. I'm not really sure. I guess that would sort of um, depend on a lot of things. I mean, if you if we if we didn't know, we would never know that we didn't know. So, uh, uh, in, in that sense, I guess it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, I guess we could go on it for an endless amount of time with uh-huh. that, couldn't we? Yeah, you've kind of caught me and I'm like stuck in a loop now.
1: Yeah, I know, <laughs> it's easy to get stuck in a loop.
0: So where do you think we should take the conversation if we're stuck in a loop?
1: Um, hmm.
0: What are we what are we missing?
1: Um, there were, I guess, a couple of things that we could talk about. I mean, obviously, the, I mean, I, I reference a lot of different images, but there's obviously a selection process that goes into it. And uh, I often find myself referencing specific types of images,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is something that we could go into a little bit.
0: Okay. So you sort uh, of have, have, your, have your own kind of inbuilt algorithm that you're using? I,
1: I guess so. Yeah. I mean, um, it kind mm-hmm. of things kind of come in waves. Like I'll find myself, uh, making a whole bunch of, uh, recently I've been doing a lot of fruit paintings or, uh, paintings of sort of hands or, uh, women holding fruit, uh, which is something that I guess has been somewhat deliberate, but also sort of, uh, unconscious in a way. Um, my interest in those types of images sort of stemmed from the, like the long history that we have as painters of painting uh, fruit and painting women holding fruit. And also like the inherent notions of consumption that go into it in a similar way that we consume painting and consume <sighs> images all over the internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that was sort of one um, aspect that I was looking at it from.
0: Mm-hmm. The, I found it interesting the fact that you were talking about, um, these things kind of coming in waves, or you going through like uh, phases with particular things, and kind of to bring it back to sort of your painsly practice being kind of sourced through through the internet. Do you think that has like quite a close relation to the way in which the internet tries to like optimize for you? And kind of once you fall into something, it will kind of keep giving you more of that. Yes. I'm
1: uh, mentioning how um, the, the idea of falling into a feedback loop is something that's really prevalent in our, I guess, uh, societal discussion right now. The whole issue with Facebook uh, kind of keeping you in these closed networks of uh, of news stories and and uh, not really allowing you to, to branch out of anything. I think that can also happen within an artist's studio and in a sort of self-inflicted way. Uh, mm-hmm. Because although I have a real sort of hoarder of images, I have like a hard drive full of, I don't know, thousands of images that I sort of save from everywhere, um, I'll still find myself going back to, you know, specific folders or specific places within that. Um, yeah. And I guess that comes from a sense of, like, wanting to build each piece on, uh, each other's backs. So I work on things sort of simultaneously. And, uh, when I'm thinking of a new work, I'm influenced by what's around me already.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good answer. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) yeah, I suppose that was kind of what I was, what, what I was getting at is, is the sort of the current issue with, with us sort of Mm -hmm. experiencing the world in that way. But then I suppose you're right. It's sort of, it's also something that is inherent in, within like uh, a painting practice or an art practice in general, is that need to specialize anyway and kind of voluntarily Mm -hmm. enter your own feedback loop.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Like, I mean, I guess, uh, it's it's quite a natural inclination i mean mm-hmm. you're to really investigate a subject you can't just do it in one piece you know you need to really um come at it from a lot of different angles and uh yeah so that's that's really part of it too
0: yeah maybe maybe you could sort of tell me about if if they do kind of they're pulled from the internet and kind of put into your practice, which forms its own, its own universe. What the kind of significance of creating that, that space is, it's quite, that's quite a big question. Yeah,
1: that is a big question. Um, well, I guess the significance of it, um, it's really, I guess, parallel to the significance of any art. It's, it's really just about, like, uh, taking in what you see in the world and see in history and digesting it and trying to make sense of it um, from a creative perspective. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I guess, I guess I was just thinking about the, yeah, the kind of layering within, within your, your work and how that, kind of how you said you work on things simultaneously. So they go, not only go through this process of layering on like one canvas, but they kind of go through a process of layering in kind of outside of time and outside of space, which creates this sort of net of meaning. hmm
1: So you're, you're wondering what the significance of, of working that way is or?
0: yeah I think I just wondered if you could sort of bring bring me back to how that sort of relates to what you're interested in because I feel like it does
1: yeah well i guess yeah, it does i mean the the way that uh that I like absorb the world around me, i guess is manifested in the way that I work. Uh, so, you know, just walking down the street and like snapping pictures with your phone or taking screen caps or, uh, finding images on the internet, uh, it's all happening at like so many different levels all throughout the day to all of us everywhere. Um, so I'm trying to sort of like reconcile all these crazy places that your mind is, is racing through as you traverse through the world. Uh, and, um, bring that back into the context of painting and how uh, it can like influence the way that we create new images.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there's, there's a lot of different speeds going on there as well, isn't there? There's, there's like the, mm-hmm. the kind of um, offhand Instagram kind of taking of photos and then the slow painting and then, and that, again, that's that kind yeah, of like I mean- lack of time occurring.
1: Yeah, as you, as you, you know, spend hours, uh, laboriously painting these things, you really have a chance to, uh, meditate on them and, uh, yeah, just meditate on their meetings and their, uh, the way that they influence us both subconsciously and consciously and, uh, the reason why we create, we're, you know, we're creating more images at an exponential rate, uh, as, as a society. So. I think it is important to kind of slow it down in a painting context, but also, um, yeah, have, as you put it, all these sort of levels of speed, um, the way that you take it in, having things on the go at all times, uh, and yeah, taking things real slow, making a painting over the course of, you know, 60, 70 hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe that's the sort of, that could be like the kernel at at the heart of of your your work is is that kind of like inhabiting of several several kind of like spaces in time and letting them sort of gradually kind of build into the work layer by layer until mm-hmm. you have this kind of like snapshot of of a point in in time and space.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. And also, uh, I don't really think of the works also as um, real individuals, like I really feel like they are kind of nodes within a network altogether. um, In the same way that, you know, nothing, nothing exists in isolation, and everything is sort of connected uh, in various ways and various sort of social fabrics. So uh, that's something that I really want to approach with my work as well. Mm. And 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 also um, like in the final result of my work, and also in the process of making it.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess that helps as well. That helps to break down that kind of um, tendency towards a narrative that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Where it's you know when, which I think again is like really sort of contemporary thing that we experience in our daily lives is when everything is kind of connected. There is mm-hmm. no, there's no sense of causality anymore. So there's no sense of like progression along. Right. Along. A story. Right. Cause
1: yeah, it's, it's just like a spider web of a network. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, one point to the next.
0: Or so, yeah, yeah. everything just already exists because everything else mm-hmm. already exists and mm-hmm. there's no real start or finish. So
1: yeah, just, I mean, yeah, I would say that definitely applies to my work. I don't feel really that there's a start or finish, although individual pieces, of course, I start them and finish them. This is kind of like a lifelong pursuit. And also, um, yeah, it also just sort of fits back into, uh, I guess, uh, an an ages-long pursuit of art and painting. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess that's maybe the sort of... the the relevance of painting within a contemporary art practice i'm i'm very aware that as a conceptual artist i'm talking mm-hmm. to a painter and we're sort of yes. not necessarily getting along like because i'm trying to <laughs> sort of sort of find the meaning that's hard hard written into the work and you're trying mm-hmm. to you know and i think the interesting thing about painting is it doesn't it doesn't hold a core meaning in that same way you- that yeah, I, I definitely,
1: does. yeah, it 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 definitely does not. Um, and also, uh, you mentioned the relevance of painting uh, in contemporary art, and that is also something that I am really interested in and try to really um, figure out within my own practice. Uh, because in the same way that we are inundated with all these images, you know, one could make the argument that painting is no longer necessary but I kind of like to make the uh, complete opposite argument that it is ever the more uh, necessary because when we have so many images, like I- photography and images like that can really lose meaning. So we need uh, painting to, to digest these things in, in a slow way, these, these speeds I guess are coming back into it and um, put forth um, an understanding of, of all these things and all of all these images.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. I think that's kind of what I was also imagining is I think in some ways something so diffuse as painting is kind of Mm -hmm. perfect or a really good tool for sure for mapping our kind of the diffuse sort of um, causality and contextual slipperiness of the sort of media sphere around us that we live our entire yeah, lives.
1: Yeah, in. I guess the way that painting is inherently uh, non-linear really lends itself to interpreting the world that we currently find it, ourselves in.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's like a really good place to end. Like, yeah. we've, we've yeah. just kind of categorically justified the continued <laughs> existence of yeah. painting. <laughs>
1: it's a painting. Yeah, well, we can feel good about that. Hard day's <laughs> work.